Well, this morning we're starting a brand new series called Teach Us to Pray. And, uh, and this series idea comes right out of the dialogue that Jesus had with his disciples. In Luke 11, chapter, uh, chapter 11, in verse 1, the, t- the disciples asked Jesus a very revealing question. And so let, let's read it together. Uh, the question was concerning prayer, but let's read it in Luke chapter 1, in verse 11. It says, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. Now, you know, what's interesting about this, of all the things the disciples could have asked Jesus to teach them, he, they asked him to teach them to pray. You, whenever you think about it, they could have asked him, uh, Jesus, would you help us to teach and preach like you do? Because incredible things happen when you teach. They could have asked, Lord, uh, w- would you teach us how to multiply fish and loaves? Because they watched Jesus do that, right? They could have asked Jesus, Jesus, would you show us how to pray for people so that blind eyes could be open? Because Jesus did that as well, right? They could have asked Jesus to teach them, Jesus, would you teach us how to cast out demons? Because we've seen you do that, and that's amazing. They could have asked Jesus, Jesus, would you teach us how to raise the dead? Because he did that as well. Of all the things they could have asked Jesus to do, they asked Jesus to teach them to pray. Apparently, the disciples realized the importance of the power and the influence of prayer in the life of Jesus, right? Now, why pray? Why should we pray? How many of you believe prayer is important for the everyday Christian, right? Why is it so important that we learn to pray? Well, as we begin this series this morning, I want to I want to just begin by just talking about some practical things, primary reasons, four primary reasons why every person that calls themselves a Christian should pray. Every person. Number one, prayer is an act of dependence on God. How many of you know that? In, in John chapter 15 and verse 5, this is what Jesus said. Jesus said, I am the vine... And you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, he says, if a man remains in me, remain means to stay connected or to stay dependent on the Lord. That's what it means. There's not a physical place you can connect with the Lord. He's talking about connecting with him in the spirit, right? And so think about it. Every time we pause to pray, it indicates that we are depending on God. You don't pray unless you're depending on God, right? And so when we take time to pray, we're saying, hey, Lord, I need you. I need your help. How many of you think you need God's help? I need you. Prayer is saying, God, I'm dependent on you. I can't make it through this life. I can't handle everything life brings my way without your help. So listen, the more you pray, the more you develop a dependence on God. The less you pray, the less dependent you are on God. When it comes to prayer, pride has to be the biggest hindrance to prayer. You know, uh, personal pride will keep you from praying. Because pride, what is pride? Pride is self-sufficiency. Pride is saying, I don't need your help, God, I got this. 
Just, just give me a ticket to get to heaven when I die and everything else is okay. Right? So listen, I think pride keeps us from relying and depending on God. And uh, I think it goes without saying that if you're going to pray, if you're going to be a man or woman of prayer, it's going to cost us our pride. It's going to cost us a pride. In other words, prayer requires us to be humble, to be honest about our weaknesses, our inadequacies, right? And our shortcomings. Prayer takes humility to say, I don't have it all together. I might think I'm the sharpest pencil in the box, but I don't have it all together. I need your help, God. How many of you think you need God's help today? That's what it takes. It takes humility. And so listen, as long as you think you got it all together and, and that you can do it on your own, prayer is not going to be very important to you and prayer is not going to be a part of your life. Somebody once said that when you come to the end of yourself, then you truly come to the beginning of God. In fact, whenever you think about it, when does God move in our life in the greatest way? Whenever everything is falling apart and we say, man, what else do I have to do but turn to God? And God says, it's about time. Amen. Because I want to help you, right? And so listen, our humble dependence on God increases our possibilities. I want you to look back at this verse, John 15, 5. It says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Now remember, remain means to stay dependent on God. And so if a man remains dependent on God, the Lord said he is going to be a fruitful person. He's going to bear much fruit in his life. And look in verse 7. Verse 7 says, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. Now God is saying to us, I believe, that if we remain humble and dependent on God, that we can ask Him whatever we want and it will be given to us. Imagine that. Imagine the power of that. That's an incredible promise where He says, If you stay connected to me, you're going to be fruitful. You're going to have... A, how many of you want a fruitful life? Now, listen, I know we can do stuff. You can get up and go to work tomorrow, right? And you say, well, I, I, just, I can just do that, you know? And we think that we can do stuff without the, the help of God. But how many of you know that we can't get up off that pew that we're sitting in unless God make our heart beat one more time and give us one more breath? We can't do absolutely nothing without the grace of God, right? Humility says, God, I need you. I need your help. Amen. So God says, listen, it's like having a blank check from God. Listen, it's all based on our dependence on God through prayer. Our humble dependence on prayer increases the possibilities of life. I mean, what, what might happen? How, how might our life change if we really take prayer serious and begin talking to God like never before? A second primary reason every person should pray is this. Prayer is the key to a healthy relationship with God. You know, I'm sure you came to church. Some of you might have came to church because if you don't come to church, you, your wife might or your husband might be mad at you. Or your parents might get on your back and not let you go somewhere this afternoon if you, if you don't come to church. But the vast majority of us, the reason why we're here is because we're interested in our relationship with God. Isn't that right? That's why we're here. We're saying, I need you, God, and I want to grow. How many of you want a healthy, vibrant relationship with God? Yes. I know that's why you're here. So if we stop to think about it at this moment, how does a Christian keep 
his relationship with the Lord strong and vibrant. Well, I can tell you, prayer is how you keep your relationship with God strong and vibrant. That's how you do it, right? Listen to this verse. 1 Corinthians 1 and 9 says this. God who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, is faithful. And so notice, God has called us into fellowship with our Lord. He's called us into fellowship with Jesus. You know what fellowship is? The Greek word is kononia, which means communion or communication. God has called us into communion with God, into communication with God. You know, all throughout Bible history, if you read the Bible, people are notoriously uh, moved towards religion. Like, I'll just show up and I'll do, uh, just give me a bunch of rules and regulations and I'll do that and I'll try to appease you and hopefully we can get along, you and God, you and I. But how many of you know who God didn't send his, send his son Jesus to die on the cross so we can have a bunch of rules and regulations? God sent his son Jesus Christ to die on the cross so we can have a relationship with God. Amen? Come on, so we can have communion with God. And so, so why pray? Well, first of all, prayer is how we communicate with God. If you think about it, most problems in life, uh, relationally speaking, are caused by communication problems. And, uh, and all the wives said, yes, right? But whether it's marriage with our children, our friends, our co-workers in business, whatever it is, most relational problems has to do with communication problems, right? And it is the same way with our relationship with God. We have relations, we have relational problems within our relationship with God because of communication. And so listen, you can't know God and know his heart, his passion, his character, and know God's plan and will for your life without learning how to communicate with God. And so listen, you know, how do you deepen your communication with God? If God wants us to have communion, to have communication, you know, and, and the reality is, you know, you go back to the garden when Adam and Eve sinned and they went and hid, they're trying to hide from God. We tend to do the same thing. We're like, you know, we stick our head out and see if God's okay. And we, we struggle with our communication with God. So how do you deepen it? Well, through prayer. Prayer is really the act of communication with God, isn't it? And so because prayer is absolutely vital to a healthy and, and vibrant relationship with God, you can't learn how to fellowship with God without spending time with Him and talking to Him. Amen? Prayer is how we hear from God. Prayer is not a one-way conversation like, you know, we do all the talking. How many of you know it's a two-way conversation? We talk to God and God talks to us. Right? And so in Jeremiah 33, 3, 33, 3, it says this. This is what uh, the prophet said to Israel for God. He said, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. Call to me and I will answer you. How many of you know, we could stop right there and just get excited about that. Call to me, and, I, and let me ask you a question. Do you believe that if we call on the Lord, that he's going to answer us? 
You see, most of us know and believe that if we call on the name of the Lord, that he's going he's gonna to answer us. But then he says, I will tell you. Sometimes we fall short right there. We'll pray and say, God, I need and would you help and all that. And we don't even take time for God to speak back to us. But he says, I will tell you. God says, you call out to me through prayer and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things. Isn't that incredible that the God of the universe would actually talk to us? Now, I know some of us don't think, not me, Todd. I mean, he might talk to you. He might talk to other people, but not me. How many of you thought that just then? But see, we got to break through the mindsets that are not, that are not biblical and that are not accurate. How many of you think the Lord would have died for you if you'd have been the only person on the globe? He says he don't show partiality. He loves, he didn't love the earth. He didn't love the dirt. He loved the people on the earth. He loves every one of you and I, and he wants to communicate with us. He wants to fellowship with us. Amen. So through prayer, the, through, through prayer, the Lord communicates his heart, his plan, his dreams, and even his secrets with us. He said, I'm going to share stuff with you that you don't even know about. Man, it's amazing. That you could spend time with God and God would share with you and reveal some things to you that nobody else knows, that you've never known. He just shares some deep thoughts that he has about you, about your circumstance and situation. How many of you know prayer can change your life? Yes, it can. It can change your life. So why pray? Pray is how we deepen our intimacy with God. In James chapter 4 and verse 8, it says this, and when you draw close to God, God will draw close to you. Prayer is really a reciprocation of love. We love God through prayer, and God loves us back through His grace and His mercy. You know, listen, we love God through prayer, and God loves us back through His presence and through His Spirit. And so sometimes even Bible-believing people we can be so set in our ways that we, we settle for just religion, tradition, rituals. When I believe God, it's just like if you, just think about it, those of you that you're married, if your spouse, all they did was rituals, tradition, and just did, you know, worried about following rules. Come on, we didn't get married for that. We got married to have a relationship, right? And that's what God wants out of us. He wants to have a relationship. So listen, I'm certain of this. If we'll take time to pray and draw closer to God, we'll begin to experience his love. We'll begin to experience his grace. We'll begin to experience his presence like never before. You know, I've noticed this over the years here at Family Life. I've noticed that, um, you know, sometimes through the years we've done you know, we're, like we're doing 21 days of prayer and fasting. Some people think that's crazy. But I think it's wonderful. But, you know, I notice this. Sometimes we'll do three days of prayer and fasting. And sometimes for a prayer meeting, we might have 15 or 20 people here for the prayer meeting. And I, sometimes I'd get discouraged with that. But, you know, I noticed something. Every time we would do... Every time we do any kind of prayer and fasting, drawing closer to God, you know what I've noticed? Every time we gather together on Sunday morning, 
There's a greater vibrancy of his presence and his spirit that is in the room. There's more of his love. I see more people responding to the touch of God. Folks, you know what we need? We need the presence of God in our life. We need the anointing of God in our life. That's what we need. We need the touch of God in our life. Amen. And whenever you seek after God, God says, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll draw closer to you. Come on. How many of you want more of his grace in our life? Amen. So let's review. Why should we all learn to pray? Well, number one, prayer is an act of dependence on God. It, it puts the ax to the root of pride and not rely on our own ability and our own doing to make it through life. But number two, prayer is the key to a healthy and vibrant relationship with God. Think of it like this. If you got a plant that hadn't been watered, you know, we have a couple of plants at our house right now that's not doing so good. Or you know what I'm talking about? And then how many of you, but we also have a plan that it didn't look like winter touched it a bit. It's just as vibrant and as healthy and as strong as ever before. Come on, what kind of plant do you want to be? You want to be like that plant that's all withered down and falling apart and drying out? Or you want to be a plant that is vibrant and strong? Amen. I know you want to be that plant that's strong and vibrant, right? Now, the third reason we should all pray is this. Prayer is how we receive God's provisions in our life. A prayer or prayer is God's chosen method of meeting our needs, right? In Philippians 4, I know it's a familiar passage, but it says this, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, in prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. In everything. God wants us to pray, to bring everything to Him in prayer. And, uh, and not just the things we can't handle. He says, bring everything to me in prayer and in supplication. Supplication means to make a request. And so God wants us to pray about everything and to make our requests made known to him. If you... If you're a parent worth your salt and you have children, when your children make a request, you're interested in helping out your child, right? And the heavenly father, who's way better than you and I, whenever he has a child saying, Papa, I need some help. How many of you know the Lord is saying, I want to help you, right? Verse 7 says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. So the result of our prayer and supplication, he says, will be the peace of God will rule in your heart and your mind. Listen, could it be that the reason we're living with so much anxiety and fear and stress is because we're not praying enough? It's because we're, we're handling all these problems and we say, I don't know how much longer I can take this. And God's saying, you don't have to take this. I'll take this if you'll just take the time to ask me for help. Come on, I'm preaching better than you're saying amen right now. Amen. And so listen, in John 16, 23, listen, Jesus said, in that day, you will no longer ask me anything. I tell you the truth. My father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. Jesus wants us to ask him for everything in need that we need in life. And he says, listen, if you do, the result of praying and asking is your joy will be made complete. 
Why is that so? Why is prayer and joy connected? You know what robs our joy? It's the burdens of life, the problems of life, the things that are uncontrollable, that we can't control or handle on our own. It steals joy right out of our life. And the Lord says, well, you bring that to me, and I'll help you with that, and I'll, you get to keep your joy. How many of you know that's a good trade-off right there? Come on, we need the joy of the Lord, amen? And so why more peace and joy in our life? Because we receive His provisions. We receive His comfort and His peace. He gives us the things that we need. In John 16, 24, he says, ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. How many of you know God wants to answer our prayers? That's about five people that believe that. I'm going to try it again. I'm going to try to up the ante a little bit. How many of you believe God wants to answer our prayers? He does. He does. He wants the needs of his people met in our life. As it relates to God's provisions, listen, some things will never happen unless we pray. Some things will never happen unless we pray. Say, yeah, but God's sovereign. He can do whatever he wants. Yes. But James 4.2 says, you do not have because you do not. What does the Bible say? You do not have because I really believe this. There's some things we'll never receive in life till we start asking God for them. Over 20 times in the New Testament, the Bible commands us to ask in prayer. Ask, seek, knock. Let your requests be made. Pray about everything. You know, there's a famous pastor years ago in the 19th century. His name was Charles Haddon Spurgeon. You ever heard of him? He was a mighty man of God. And he said this, God never shuts his storehouse until you shut your mouth. Now, I know people have told you to shut your mouth. But, you know, we're talking about talking to God, right? So Jesus said it this way. You don't have because you don't ask. And so ponder this thought. What are you lacking in your life right now? What are you lacking What is the need in your life right now? What about if we just started asking God for it? Is the Bible true, y'all? Or does it work in just some people in some circumstances, but not every circumstance? You know what I found? Like, I can preach this, like, till my veins are popping out and sweat's dripping off my forehead. And then I have a circumstance and I say, oh, what I'm going to do about that? Well, why don't you do what you just preached? Come on, y'all say amen right there. Say, come on, that's the way, that's the way to preach to yourself. Come on, I believe, I believe God wants to move in our life. And he wants, to, he wants to change our circumstances. What should you be asking God for right now? What do you want? What do you need? What is burdening you down? What's stealing your joy? What's making you fearful and anxious and stressful? Could it be that if we just started talking to God about the very thing? Listen to me. Could it be that the very thing that's pressing down on us and is oppressing us, if we started talking to God about it, that God would change it? Is that what the Bible is saying? Man, we should take him up on that. What do y'all think? The Lord takes pleasure in answering our prayers. 
In Psalm 145 and 19, it says, He grants the desires of those who fear Him. He hears their cries for help and He rescues them. Did you know that the Lord wants to answer and grant even the desires of your heart? But you know, of course, the obvious question is, Todd, what if the things I desire is wrong? Well, then I believe if you'll just start praying and spending time in the presence of God, He'll change your desires. You know, on whenever Tiny and I got married, on my groom's cake was Psalm 37.4. And it says this, Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Now, for years I prayed, Lord, you know, you've heard me tell the story. Lord, I've been single for a while. Hello. I want to get married. And this verse, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So I thought, well, what if your desire is to rob a bank? <laughs> Come on, y'all tracking with me. Oh, bro, don't go there. No way. So what if the Lord don't want me to get married? You know, I heard somebody teaching on this one time and they said, you know, the, he will form the desires of your heart. Give means form. When your desires is to rob a bank, he'll change that desire and give you a good desire. Maybe go to work at that bank. Maybe put some money in that bank. Amen. Come on. Now, how many of you know he can change that, right? If we'll just delight ourselves in serving and living for the Lord, he'll take the desires in our heart that are wrong and he'll start putting desires in our heart that are right. And not will he just give you desires, he will give you the desires in your practical everyday life. Amen. I'm going to, how many of you know the Lord takes pleasure in answering our prayers? He does, but it's our responsibility and privilege to begin asking him in prayer. Does that make sense? Come on. What do you think? Think we should pray? I think so. Listen to this. Jesus trying to help us wrap our brain around the nature and character of our Father as it relates to prayer. Because sometimes I think, you know, we have a skewed view of our God, our Father, because of our natural experiences with our Father or with authority. But Jesus says this in Matthew 7, 9. He says, which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven... Give good gifts to those who ask Him. Does that kind of make it clear? God takes pleasure in helping us out. A fourth and final reason we should pray, we should all pray is prayer allows us to partner with God to accomplish His purpose in the earth. You know, there's a verse in Hebrews that says, Who is man that God is even mindful of him? Like, why is he even interested in hanging out with us? You know, do you ever have that thought? It's like, he's the creator and he's, you know, the earth is his footstool. He kicks up his foot on the earth. You know, heaven is his throne. That's a big dude. How many of you know we serve a big God? 
He holds the waters in just one span of his hand. He's just like, I'm going to take all the water of all the seas and I'm just going to hold them like this. We serve a big God and he's interested in us. I don't know how that affects your brain, but it's like, God, that's amazing. But not only is he mindful of us, he allows us to participate in what he's doing on the earth. That is amazing to me. And so God has, has sovereignly chosen to let us be part of his plan and his mission on the earth. And the way we get to be a part of it is through prayer. Prayer is God's way of letting us partner with him in touching the world. In John 14, 12, it says, he says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. Think about that for a moment. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. Doing what? Like, you told me, like, heal? What does that mean? He will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. Now, that's a hard verse to believe right there. Who in the world can do greater works than Jesus? It's hard to comprehend that we can do greater works than Jesus himself. How is that possible? Well, if you look at the next verse, it helps answer the question. In verse 13, it says, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. How can we do greater works than Jesus through prayer? No, it's not like I have a greater anointing or more power or anything like that. But think about it this way. When Jesus was on the earth, he could only be at one place at one time. In fact, Mary and Martha said, if you had been here, my, my brother wouldn't have died, right? But he said, listen, it's important that I go, that my spirit will come. How many of you know his spirit has come and he lives in every believer? And so whenever you think about it, now through prayer, we can multiply and accomplish things all over the world through the power and the anointing of Jesus as we pray. Amen. Come on. Isn't that exciting? Listen. So, so listen, at the same time, simultaneously, things can be happening all across. The, do you know that you can make a difference in somebody's life that is across the globe because prayer has no boundaries, has no limits of time or space? Do you know that you can touch somebody's life by just calling? their name before the Father in heaven. Prayer is powerful and it can change things. Amen. Yes, it's, it's incredible. Prayer is not limited by time or space or power. When you think about it, you can touch people in your family. Matthew 6, 9 says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. You know, the kingdom of God is the rule of God, the reign of God, the influence of God. So he's encouraging us to pray that the Father's plan and purpose in heaven would be done on the earth. And so through prayer, whenever you think about it, he say, pray this way, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. He's saying, pray that my plan in heaven would be done on the earth. He's telling us to pray that because I believe he wants us to help him establish that. Does that make sense? Through prayer, we can help establish God's power and rule and reign. You know, I've noticed that as a Christian, that you can walk in a room and change the room. Why? Because the Spirit of God in you. It's the anointing of God. Greater is He that is in than he that is in. So if greater is He that is in me, 
than he that is in the world. Whenever I walk in a room, I can change the atmosphere of the room. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen. So when devils and demons are harassing people, I can make a difference in their life because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I can make a difference in people's lives if I will just execute the power and the authority that Jesus gave me. Amen? Come on, power in prayer. Amen. Come on, I'm getting happy. I'm, I'm preaching myself into, into, into joy right now. How about you? Come on, prayer is an incredible privilege that God has given us. Prayer is unlimited in the power to change people. You know, people may reject us. They may reject our logic, our message. But they can't reject the power of prayer. They can't reject the influence of the Spirit. They're totally defenseless on it. Amen? Proverbs 21, 1 says, The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. He directs it like a water course wherever he pleases. You know God can change the course of a person's life? Listen, some of us, the reason why we're sitting in the pew right now is because we had somebody in our family that prayed for us. And it's changed the course of our life. We wouldn't be sitting here right now if somebody hadn't thought about praying for us. See, we don't know who prayed for us. We don't know how people's prayers have made a difference. Moms, dads, you can make a difference in your children's lives. Grandpas, grandmas, you can make a difference in your, in your children's lives. Parishioners, people, men and women of God, you can make a difference in the leadership of your church. How? Pray. Come on, are you hearing me? Pray. Come on, you can make a difference in your business. How? Pray. Amen. Come on, pray. We can change things through prayer. Over 20 times in the New Testament, the Bible commands us and asks us to pray. Ask, seek, knock. Let your request, pray about everything. Let your request be made known to God. Our part is to ask in prayer. God's part is to answer. Prayer is the most important thing we can do as Christians. It has the greatest impact. Amen? Y'all believe that? Nothing, nothing we do can have a bigger change and transformation in 2018 and the years to come in each and every person individually than to pray. Let me ask you a question. What's the greatest need in your life? No doubt there's all kinds of needs here. What is the greatest burden in your life? What is your greatest desire? What is, the, what is just causing you to stay up at night? Could it be that if we start praying about that, that God's going to change it? Is that possible? Is that what the Bible's trying to tell us and teach us? I think it is. I think it is. How about we pray? Tomorrow morning, we're starting 21 days of prayer and fasting. Because we're crazy, we're bored, we don't have anything else to do. No, we kind of believe what we've just been talking about. Right? I mean, I'm just looking across the room and I could tell you of some miracles that have happened over the years because of people 
that have fasted and prayed. You know, I just, you know, one, one person in particular just caught my attention. But, you know, this, this one man, is it okay if I share the story? Eddie? Let's kind of put him on the spot there. Did y'all notice how I just put him on the spot? It's like, what is he going to say? No, no. But it's a great story. It's a great story. This man, he got really embarrassed before he became a Christian in a club. Somebody made fun of him, made fun of, of his, his uh, color of his skin. Embarrassed him in front of everybody. And uh, bitterness set in. And he planned how he was going to take this guy out. In fact, he thought, I'm going to tie him to a tree, pour honey on him, let the ants get him. Is that right? Am I, I'm not stretching the truth there, right? And he had trouble sleeping at night. He couldn't sleep without a light on, couldn't sleep more than a few hours without waking up. Didn't know what it was like to have seven or eight hours of sleep. In one year, during prayer and fasting, he was sitting somewhere around over there. And during worship, the Lord spoke to him and said, if you'll forgive that man, I'll change your life. And right there in the pew, he forgave that man. And he went home that night and slept all night and turned off the light. I'm just wondering what kind of breakthroughs. Some of you need a breakthrough in your finances. Some of you need breakthrough in your relationships. Some of you need a breakthrough in your emotions. Some of you need a breakthrough in your spiritual life. You might need some deliverance. You might need God to help you break free from something. God is the God of a breakthrough. Breakthroughs begin with prayer. Amen. And so tomorrow morning, we're going to, we, we call an official fast, 21 days. We got, uh, we'll be having prayer meetings here every evening at 6.30. We'll have worship. We'll have people leading the prayer meetings. I encourage you to come out, set aside some time. I know it seems radical, but man, draw close to God. He's going to draw close to you. It's like with Todd, things are going okay, but what, what, what happens if you just seek after him? I mean, you might just go through the roof with grace, amen? And so I just want to encourage you. We have material there on fasting and prayer. And, you know, one of the things that we do is like we just say, look, whatever you fast, that's between you and God. Just don't go easy on your flesh. That's what I encourage everybody. Because your flesh wants you to fast sardines and anchovies. Right? Because that's not so difficult, right? But I encourage you. There's some materials on prayer and fasting in the lobby. I encourage you to, to uh, take part of it. And we're going to keep talking about prayer. Also, Wednesday nights. We're going to have a time of worship. We have some prayer, some, uh, some life group leaders. We got every room set. Why don't you come out on Wednesday? We'll have a time of worship. I'm doing some short teachings on prayer that are going to be in the, in the small group that's different than what I'm sharing here on Sunday. We're going to talk about how to jumpstart your prayer life, how to have more confidence in your prayer life, how to have effective prayers. How many of you think that's good, that's, that's good questions right there or, or, you know, some good, uh, material right there? 
And then we're going to spend time discussing that and then praying in our small groups. I believe that this 21 days could make the greatest difference in you as an individual and us as a church than anything else we do throughout the year. It's tithing our year. Amen. It's giving God the first. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. Amen. So I encourage you, if you want to get in one of the groups, you can go to the church app and, and there's a tab there and you can see all the leaders. You can jump in a group or you could go on the website, do the same thing. Or if not, just show up Wednesday night and we're going to just assimilate everybody and we're just going to, we're going to go after God. Amen. And the Bible says if one or two gather together in my name and agree is touching anything, come on, there's power in agreement. There's power in unity. Amen. And our youth are going to be doing it. Our college age, our children, we well, come on, we're going to go after God in prayer. Amen. And so now you can sign up for that group told you about that, right? And so, um, just, um, just make a decision. How many of you gonna, how many of you gonna join us? How many of you willing? Listen, by the way, if you want to do a group off campus, like not on Wednesday, you could do a, a group with some of your folks at work or, you know, we're just trying to make it as available. We'll, we'll have the resources available after we do the, the teaching on Wednesday. We'll make that available. Well, come on. We're just going to make it available so that if you want to start a group in your, in your neighborhood, in your workplace, Let's go after God. Let me, let me close with this, this scripture. Second Chronicles 7, 14. If my people who are called by my name, who is that, saints? It's Christians, right? Will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and will heal their land. You could put heal their emotions. Heal their finances. Heal their relationships. Heal their character. There's a lot of things you could put right there. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. I want the Lord's ears to be open and attentive to the prayers offered in this place. Amen? And so we're going to humble ourselves and pray. And I'm believing that great breakthroughs, great miracles, things that only God can do will happen in some of your lives. Amen. Would you do me a favor? Let's stand together and let's, let's pray. Come on, let's pray a prayer of dedication right now. Would you join me as we pray? Father, we come before you today. Lord, I know the disciples asked you, to teach them to pray because they recognize that the reason why you could do what you did was because you prayed, because you often withdrew to be alone with God. Lord, we want miracles to happen. We want breakthroughs to happen. Lord, we want to see you do the impossible the supernatural, Lord, within our church. Lord, we believe that you still open blind eyes. Lord, we believe that you still heal the sick. 
Lord, we believe that you still deliver those that are in bondage. Lord, we believe that you still, Lord, cause, Lord, prosperity and favor to be released over people's lives. We believe that you're still, Lord, blessing and favoring and gracing the body of Christ as we seek after you. We believe that you will draw closer to us. And so, Father God, today we just, Lord, make a decision. Lord, we just present ourselves to you. And Lord, I pray right now that, Father, you would stir every one of us. Lord, stir every heart. Lord, even those that maybe hadn't even planned on it, hadn't even dreamed of participating in going after you for 21 days. Lord, I pray that right now that you would release the spirit of prayer, the spirit of favor over this congregation. God, give us a hunger. Give us a thirst. Give us a desire for the presence of God like never before. Lord, I declare right now now, Lord, that you're breaking all apathy and complacency, that you're breaking the power of evil and darkness off of this church. Lord, and I declare even now, as Daniel set his heart to pray, that the answer was already on the way. Lord, I thank you that miracles are already on the way, that blessings are already on the way, that favor is on the way. Goodness and mercy are following us. They're chasing us down today. Lord, I declare the supernatural move of God over this house right now. It's in the mighty and in the strong and the glorious precious name of Jesus I pray. And everybody that agreed, they shouted and said, Amen. Come on, give the Lord just one more. Come on, give Him one more. Just Come on, let's declare. Let's declare victory even now. Let's declare victory even now. Thank you, Father God. Amen. Y'all ready? Ready or not? Here we come. Amen. Listen, if you need prayer for anything, if you got something burdening your heart, please come this way. Let somebody pray with you. It's not a burden. It's not for us. It's a privilege to just join with those that need prayer. Come up here and get prayer before you go. God bless you. You're dismissed. Go Saints, go.